favorite episodes today and that is just me answering your guys's life advice questions i do these once a month i think it's a really great opportunity for me to hear what you guys are going through and just offer my two cents on the subject and how i would approach it that being said i am definitely not an expert i'm not someone who's a therapist by any means i don't know everything but i do think i've been through a few life stages and can answer kind of just my thoughts on the situation and give my big sister advice if you will I love these episodes. They're some of my favorites to listen to from other people too. I just think they're really calm to listen to. It's kind of a good time to get perspective on what other people are going through and sometimes realize, oh my goodness, other people are going through the same things that I'm going through and just make you feel less alone. So that is what today's episode is going to be on. And I haven't read any of these and I received so many email submissions essentially when I do these I just post on my Instagram that I'm doing one of these life advice kind of segment episodes and I will ask for you guys to email me any of your stories of things that you're going through and I really like having kind of more long detailed stories and I did that and then I also just asked if you guys had any shorter submissions that you wanted to insert and I don't even think I'm going to get into the shorter ones because there are so many like Just looking at my inbox, I haven't read any of these yet, but there are just so many long ones, which I love. Like, they're my favorites to answer. So, I don't think I'll get to the shorter ones, but I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for submitting those. It makes me able to do these episodes. So, I really do appreciate that if you sent something in. It just means a lot. I wish I could get to everyone's. And if you send me one that I don't actually respond to, feel free to during the next one, just re forward it to me. So, I'll see it again and I will definitely try to answer it because. I wish I could get to everything and I know I said last episode that I was going to have my friend on here to try to get her to answer these as well. Unfortunately, she said, which is not unfortunately, I totally understand. She just wants a little bit of time to prep. So she's going to do the next one with me, my friend Melissa, who's become one of my just really good friends here in Dallas. And I would say that we're pretty similar to she is going to be in my next one. We literally have the date written down and we're going to record this together. So I'll have another perspective too in that episode. I also want to do one with Aiden too. He's not here right now. Otherwise, I would love to do one of these with him. Maybe that'll be the next one we do get his perspective like a guy's perspective because I think that that's also really interesting to hear. I'm recording this life update an intro on Sunday before it goes up on Monday and oh my goodness guys it has been such a weekend such a great weekend if you guys know me I'm pretty introverted I'm I don't know I think I used to be more introverted than I am now but I'm definitely someone who likes my alone time I'm a homebody I like staying at home and just kind of getting things organized for the week and having really chill weekends but this weekend has been so jam-packed I have a vlog coming on Tuesday and I'll vlog throughout the weekend as well so it's a week in my life but also into the weekend so you'll see there but such a jam-packed weekend that I am just feeling so not charged when I'm doing this but so happy because I think a lot of times you can get bored in the phase of life that you're in or just feel kind of restless but having just go 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 weekends every now and then for me is so good for me but I am ready for a week of just, for one, getting back into a healthy routine because it has been a weekend of, and I think that this is okay too, but just a weekend of eating a lot of things that aren't great to me, and I'll kind of share more why in a second, but eating a lot of things that aren't great for me, going, 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 not really being super active, but just socializing a lot, and so I am quite exhausted, and I would love to know. I wish... 
this had comments on it, but I would love to know if you feel really charged after weekends like that or if you feel really not charged. Because right now, quite honestly, I am feeling quite uncharged. Essentially, on Saturday, we... I'm trying to even remember what I did. Saturday morning, I told you guys about how we were trying to do these dates where we surprise each other with something. And I actually ended up telling Aiden what we were doing the night before because he got me to do it, which is so bad. I'm so bad at keeping secrets, but we went horseback riding, which was a ton of fun. And then that evening we went to a pumpkin patch with my family and went out to eat after. It was just such a great day. I did kind of like a TikTok day in my life. And then this Sunday, we went to church this morning, and then we went to the Texas State Fair, which is always a whirlwind. And oh my goodness, guys, I wanted to make this TikTok of trying all the fried foods, because if you guys don't know, the thing about the Texas State Fair is that there's just so many different fried foods that you can get. You can get fried butter, you can get fried bacon, you can get fried Oreos. They had fried chicken noodle soup on a stick, like crazy stuff. So I just have a lot of fried food in me right now, and also... We rode so many rides that were so spinny and I never really realized how much those rides affect you as an adult. When you're a kid, you just spin around, you feel fine, maybe you throw up and then you're okay. But oh my goodness, I imagine, I'm not really someone who gets drunk, but I imagine this is what it feels like to just feel really drunk and hungover because I'm just so out of it and it was so much fun like I love our friends we went with my friend Melissa that I told you guys about who I want to do the episode with and then her husband and then me and Aiden went with them and it was a ton of fun and we went in the morning right after church so it was just nice and not crowded weather was beautiful it was such a lovely fall weekend it's been in the 50s in the morning which I love when you wake up on a crisp fall day and it's cool outside you just really feel the fall vibes it really is just so nice so I'm excited to have a productive week, though, of eating lots of things that are green and smoothies and just getting back after it because I'm feeling it today. In between all these activities, I've just been hanging out in our bed, which is so comfy right now, laying with cash, watching a show. I've been watching Made on Netflix, which is such a good series if you need a new series. But that's why I wanted to share with you guys Brooklinen, who is sponsoring today's podcast episode. If you've watched my content for a while, if you watched my videos, you know how much I love Brooklinen bedding. I have had Brooklyn and bedding since I was college. It is truly the best. Essentially, Brooklinen was started to create beautiful, high-quality home essentials that don't cost an arm and a leg. And it's really nice because they work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury-level markups. There are so many options on the website. Personally, we have the Luxe Core sheet set. I personally love sleeping in a bed where the sheets feel almost a little bit cool. And I love these sheets because they're just crisp. They're cool and they're so nice because we wash our sheets all the time. Cash is getting on our bed all the time. And so pretty much weekly, our sheets, our duvet, everything is washed. And I love that these sheets just hold up so well. And quite honestly, I think the more that you wash them, the better that they feel. They're just so nice. And I've been sharing them so much just across my YouTube channel. And I'm so excited that I have a promo code to share with you guys because I know a few of you guys have asked. So if you want to give yourself the comfort refresh you deserve and get it for less at Brooklinen, you can go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code NEXT to get $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter the promo code NEXT for $20 
$20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's brooklinen.com promo code NEXT, N-E-X-T. Their sheets are so buttery and they're so breathable and it's actually nice because they have towels, they have robes, really comfy loungewear that I am dying to order with my promo code because I love comfy loungewear and they just really believe in their products because they come with a 365-day warranty. And yeah, I will have them in the show notes of this episode if you guys want to check them out. And again, you can use my promo code NEXT to get $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. This one says, some background, my sister is six years older than me, has been dating her current boyfriend just under six years. They live together, they have a dog, they have supported each other financially, etc., but they are engaged. They are waiting to get engaged until my sister's boyfriend's brother gets engaged because he has been with his girlfriend for a few years longer than my sister and her boyfriend have been. They made the decision to wait for them to get engaged first years ago, and I don't think my sister fully realized how long that waiting period would last. Whenever someone new we know gets engaged, she always has an opinion on it and gets jealous. Now I have been dating my boyfriend for over two years, and I love him endlessly. I know for certain he is my person. We've been discussing getting married for a while now, and we'll probably get married before the end of 2022, which means we will be getting engaged soon. Since engagement is a sensitive subject around my sister, I've avoided talking to her about it until recently because I didn't want her to be surprised when my boyfriend and I get engaged. When I brought it up to her, she literally kept saying how when I get engaged first, she's going to spiral. Over and over, her only response about it would be that she's going to spiral. (laughs) Now I feel like I can't be excited for this new season of life that's coming my way. I also would love her to be my maid of honor, but I feel like I can't ask her to do that if she's going to not have the right mindset. I guess what I want your advice on is how to manage her feelings of disappointment for herself, aka her spiraling, while also being so excited for myself and my boyfriend. Oh my goodness. I mean, I just read this and I just can't believe people dictate their life decisions on coordinating around how it's going to affect other people I mean get it if it's your best friend or something and you don't want to be getting married super close together but if it's your sister like I just think for me if I was dating Aiden for four years and my sister was madly in love with her boyfriend for two years and wanted to get engaged I couldn't care less because I would just want her to genuinely be happy I think I might be a little bit upset if we were planning to get married in the same month or something and I get you want to have that engagement season kind of for yourself too and to be the center of attention then but I also think if someone's genuinely a good sister, a good friend, they want your happiness more than anything. And the thing with your sister's boyfriend wanting to wait until her boyfriend's brother gets engaged first, I just think like, why does that stuff matter? I think you should get engaged when you want to get engaged and not let other people dictate that. I struggle with a lot of these life advice things because for me, I get if I was in that situation, I would feel more sensitive about it and not want to offend my sister. But from the outside, if you're looking for an outside perspective, I just think it's so not important to want to please her in that way. Because if she wants to get engaged, she should. And quite honestly, I would make sure that the thing with her boyfriend wanting to wait wasn't because he just genuinely wasn't ready, which is fine if he's not, versus trying to use the excuse of, oh, but my brother needs to get engaged first before I do. Like if you're madly in love with someone and you think you're ready to get married, you're going to find a way to make that happen. And I don't think that the other things are going to matter that much. So 
I would say to just talk to her about it and just be open with how you're feeling and try to encourage her to similarly make her own decisions for their relationship. And if she really wants to get engaged to make that happen and make that known that she wants that and not having to wait to see if someone else gets engaged before you. I just think that that sounds so silly. I mean, when you said the sentence of whenever someone new that we know gets engaged, she always has an opinion on it and gets jealous. I think it's pretty clear that she wants to be engaged. And I think instead of framing that conversation with her as, oh, let's talk about how you're going to feel when I get engaged, frame it as, hey, let's talk through why you really want to get engaged right now and how we can make that happen if that's what she wants right now. Because it sounds like she has suppressed those feelings and maybe doesn't feel like her boyfriend wants the same thing if after waiting of being you know, together with someone for six years and putting off getting engaged, which I think is fine if you're not ready. But if that's something she genuinely wants, I think that you too should encourage her to go after that. So I'm sorry, that's hard. I know with sisters, like we grew up being petty about some things. I think it's just because we're older and we're not in the same house and kind of all in different life stages now. We don't deal with this as much, but I know within sisters, it's definitely common. Okay, this one says, girl, I'm feeling so stressed. I'm getting married in six months and thankfully we have been immensely blessed and our entire wedding is paid for. But neither of us have super well-paying jobs at the moment and honestly, we don't have much saved for life post-wedding. I'm trying not to be anxious and just focus on saving and grinding as much as possible in the next few months. I guess I'm just looking for one, affirmation that it will all be okay, even if it's rough, and two, advice on ways to save these next few months. I think that that's totally valid that you feel that way. I know when we were getting married, there's just so much pressure on the wedding itself that you're not really thinking about after the wedding, and then you start thinking about after the wedding, and you just realize how expensive everything can be, and so... I think that one, just the fact that your wedding is paid for is such a blessing because not everyone has that and just being thankful for that and telling your parents or whoever is paying for it just how thankful you are for that and appreciate that. And two, just for some encouragement, I think within a marriage, financial stress can be a big strain on your relationship if it's not something you've talked through, if you don't have a budget in place. I think that those are reasons why it can be really stressful when, I don't know, when things are confusing and you don't have a lot of clarity and you're not on the same page as someone, that's when things get stressful. But even when you don't have a lot of money, you're not making a lot of money, but you do have a plan for making more and being able to afford more. That's when I feel really secure when there's just a plan in place. So I would really just encourage you to try to press into wanting to make that plan and wanting to be on the same financial page as your fiance, thinking of all these things that you want to do together. And I think it's so special early on in marriage to be able just to sit down and think about those things and work towards goals work towards getting better jobs, whatever that may be, just press into that and really focus on that with your fiance. And I mean, honestly, you are so in love those first few months when you just have that newlywed bliss that that is the best time to be living on no money because you're just so happy with the other person that you don't need all these frills. You don't need fancy date nights. You don't need the perfect home. Even though that's probably what you're seeing on social media, you truly don't need that much but practically I think ways to save I do have a few videos on just saving money easy ways to save but especially because your wedding is paid for just try to save as much as possible you know don't spend a lot of money on clothes don't go out and 
you know, if you're really talking like you just do not have a lot of money saved at all, you don't have a ton of income, I think cutting out a lot of those extra things is probably necessary. And then being able to indulge in those more when you're married, but the next few months, not buying the daily Starbucks, not going thrifting, not, not, you know, purchasing a ton of new fall clothes, because just realistically, that's probably not something that you can afford if you are trying to save more money. And also just letting people know, I mean, even this past weekend, it was probably a more expensive weekend because we had so many activities with our friends. I mean, the pumpkin patch we went to, it was $15 to get in and then you still had to pay for a hayride if you wanted to do that, the pumpkins, the food, everything still costs money. And so, those things are expensive and I think the hardest thing when you're in a phase of trying to save money is not going out with friends and not socializing. So try to tell people so they know like, hey, we're going to have to do some things that are just a bit more affordable. We can't really afford to go out. I mean, the state fair is so expensive. We probably spent, I mean, I don't know how much money we spent, but between food and rides and everything, stuff really does add up. And so telling people that you can't necessarily afford to go out and do all these activities, especially because you're saving up for marriage and you're saving up to have that extra money for your marriage, just letting people know and spending that time together and not having to go on fancy date nights, not having to spend a lot of money together, but just truly saving as much as you can. I mean, I don't know if you have like rent that you're paying for, a mortgage, any of those things, but I think just cutting out all the extra stuff because you're getting married and you know that you have something to look forward to, I think it's easier to cut out those things versus if you've been married a few years and you kind of have to do stuff to get that entertainment. Like, yeah, it's going to be harder to cut out, but I think right now when you're just focusing on being in love and all that that you don't need all the extra stuff. I was wondering what are your recommendations for planning a wedding on a budget? I am 21 years old and I'm still finishing up college, but the field I'm going to teaching will make my chances of finding a job after graduation less stressful. My fiance is two years older than me and he already has a full-time job in the corporate world, so he will definitely be making more money than me. <laughs> she said, haha, not me, I'm not laughing. We are planning to have our wedding after I graduate. Our wedding will likely be in the summer or fall of 2023. We are both very open about our finances and already share financial responsibility because we live together. We know that we will be paying for our wedding mostly on our own as my mom is not able to help out as much as she would like because she works in education and is in a single income household. I also want to make it clear that I love my mom no matter what, and the main thing I ask of her is just to be there with me on my special day. What are your tips for setting and sticking to a wedding budget? Also, are there things you splurged on for your wedding that you regretted later on? My biggest tip is just to talk through it and make sure everything is laid out in an Excel spreadsheet. I mean, I bet even if you just Googled, you know, wedding, budget, template, whatever it may be, stuff will come up on Google, but it is so easy when you start planning a wedding and you start booking vendors and you get sucked into the wedding world. People are going to take advantage, not take advantage of you, but just convince you that, hey, it's okay to spend X amount on flowers. It's okay to spend X amount on whatever it may be. And I just think that you need to stay firm in what your budget is. And thankfully for me, with my parents, I was so thankful that my parents did pay for a large majority of our wedding. And then also Aiden's family paid for our rehearsal dinner, which was just really nice because that stuff is really expensive. There were things that we still spent money on that we wanted that were kind of extra. Like my mom said, hey, these are the things we're willing to 
pay for, which was pretty much the venue, the food, stuff like that. If I wanted something extra, say a videographer, which we had, that was something that I had to pay for. We had to pay for it together. The photographer was more than my mom was going to pay, so we would pay beyond that. And knowing what you're willing to spend on and just knowing your priorities. So sit down with your fiance and say, hey, these are the things we're okay to spend more on, whether that be venue, photos, videos. Like for us, photos and videos were the most important because I think that those are memories that you're always going to have versus having a ton of decor, having a photo booth, having extra things wasn't really important to me. I wanted the day to be focused on our marriage and our friends and family. I did want them to have great food to eat. I would say we spent a bit more on our food, but we did a buffet because it was a bit cheaper than having plated meals. Even though because of COVID and everything, they ended up being plated anyways because they didn't want people using a buffet. So kind of worked out that way that we got the plated meals, but didn't have to pay for it. But just knowing what your priorities are and knowing what you're willing to spend more on. I mean, if you have friends who are able to do photography for a discounted price, I obviously think you should pay everyone in full for sure. And I believe that especially photographers work so hard. My friend Melissa that I talk about, she's a photographer and I know how much she works. And so I wouldn't necessarily want to take a discount from her, but I just know from friends, a lot of them had friends who did their flowers, friends who did their photography so they could save on those portions too. And I think that that could be a good way. And yeah, just know that you don't have to have this super grand wedding. You're just going to be just as married. We were actually just talking about this because I was just seeing so many really lavish weddings lately, which are beautiful. And I think if that's where you want to spend a ton of your money, then you go for it. But it's also okay if you have a more modest wedding because it's about the marriage. It's not about the extra things. And you can still have the freedom to make it the day you want to be without spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. I would say for things that you spent more on, I mean, we spent a lot on our videography, which I loved, but I just didn't have the best experience with the videographer that we used. It was just a lot that I don't really think I'm going to share on here, but read reviews from people and get referrals from people and trust those referrals because we spent a lot of money in that area that I don't think really came to fruition with the way that I wanted it to. I'm trying to be vague, but make sure you get reviews and just know. I mean, things that we spent more on was, I loved our photographer though. They did just such a great job. I really appreciated our wedding venue. It was more expensive than we originally had anticipated, but they had a lot of things baked in. So they did set up for you. They took everything down for you. They allowed us to have the whole day and we could get ready there, which was nice. It was nice to have everything in one place. So there are things that I think are worth spending more money on. And for us, that was our venue, our food, and our photography. Things that I would say weren't as important. Our flowers. I mean, I wanted to have pretty flowers, but I didn't need them absolutely everywhere. We did a lot of greenery, which was cheaper. I did a lot of decor just through Etsy, so I didn't have to hire someone to do that. question regarding finances. One thing I'm not proud of was right when I turned 18, I got into a bunch of credit cards and I accumulated a bunch of debt that I brought into my marriage. Due to this, my husband and I weren't able to live alone right when we got married. We currently live with my mom and my husband got a great job offer upon graduating, so he's our main income. 
I tried applying to so many jobs after graduating, but I landed where I used to intern. It's not the best paying job, but I'm content and I know that I have to work to be able to help with our debt issues. I've always heard the verse in Proverbs which talks about being a slave to the lender and needing to glorify God with our money because it's his, not ours. I have a hard time grasping this because I can't seem to have the convention that my debt is bad. I've tried Dave Ramsey. I'm currently back on his baby steps, but I tend to put my own selfishness first instead of trying my hardest to pay off the debt. I'll plan vacations or go out or spend money instead of being strict and paying extra towards the debt. Because I have an issue with FOMO or you only live once so I use the excuse to put it off, I guess my question is how do I let go of all the worldly desires to glorify God in our money? My husband is too kind to, but we don't help each other in this area because he hates telling me no, but I need that discipline. Yeah, this is such a great question because I know that credit card debt is so real and we didn't really start using credit cards until we got married and even though it's something where we use it and then we pay it off like a few days after we use our credit card because I hate debt. It's the reason why we tried to buy our car and money that we had saved up because I just hate the feeling of owing someone something and I just hate the fact that credit cards make money off of knowing that people aren't going to use them in a way where they pay them off. It just feels wrong to me to be kind of contributing to that industry. And I'm just giving that backstory because people have asked me, you know, why were you so anti-credit cards for so long? We finally have them because we want to buy a house. It's important to build credit, but I just think the industry is kind of shady. And I also know it's allowing people to buy things that they can't afford in the moment, which is good for people who obviously don't have a ton of money saved. Like I totally understand, but all that to say, there's really tempting. And even when you have money saved, it's tempting just to put everything on a credit card because it doesn't feel like you're actually paying for it in the moment, at least from my experience. So this isn't really with using credit cards, but I know when I get in patterns of spending, when I'm purchasing a lot of clothes, when I am consuming a lot of social media and feeling like, oh, this girl has these really cute cups that she puts her iced coffee in, so I want to order them too. I get on a roll with spending. Like when I start, it's almost like kind of when you start eating more unhealthy and you're like, what's the point of eating a smoothie? I'm already in this deep. I'm just going to keep going and eat poorly, whatever it may be. I think that that's how it is for me with spending too. I get on rolls. And so when I have a weekend where I don't spend a lot of money, when I save money, when we're contributing a lot to our savings, I want to keep that up. And that's with exercise too. When you start running and you slowly feel what it feels to hit one mile, two mile, three miles, it feels better the longer you go. And I think that's the point of Dave Ramsey's baby steps because you're kind of starting with the small things you get the momentum and then you keep going and so I think you really just have to have a budget and I know that's not a sexy answer that's not the answer that everyone wants to say but if you don't know where your money's going of course you're not going to pay off anything of course you're not going to save anything and I'm saying this from experience because when things are confusing and there's not a set plan of course you're not going to pay off your debt and so you need to know this is the money that's going to be going each month to pay off X amount of our credit cards. Even if that's $100 a month, if that's not a lot of money, just start there and you will get momentum to keep paying it off. And I know it's hard when your friends are going out, when you want to go on a cute fall weekend trip with your husband. Like this is just my personal temptations. It's easy to want to keep doing that, but 
Imagine the feeling when you are not in debt to anyone, when you are only responsible for your own payments, when you don't owe anyone anything, how good that feeling's going to feel and how good those long-term goals are going to be when you hit them. And think about that when you want to order that $15 cocktail out with your friends. Like, is this really worth it? In the moment, this feels good. In the moment, I like that I can I mean, again, saying this from my personal experience, I like that I can post this on my story right now. But, you know, the things that aren't sexy is paying off the credit card debt, paying off your car, being able to save for kids one day. Like those are things that are so special, but they don't sell. So it's not the thing that's going to tempt you online, but that's the better way to go in the long run. So think about those things when you want to make those short-term purchases. And again, I know you said with your husband, he's not going to tell you no. And I would say I'm kind of in that similar situation. I mean, Aiden has never, ever gotten on to me for spending. And I think part of that is because I'm not really that crazy with money. But I just know some people are in relationships when they order something, like their spouse is on them right at that moment. That's not really us. But if you need that tell him that and tell him to hold you accountable even if he doesn't want to because you need to be like a team with one another and you need to know what the other person needs and that's probably not something that you're going to need all the time but right now if you do just ask him if he can be harder on you even if it's hard for him. I have a bit of a unique situation that I am interested in getting some advice on. My mom passed away in 2019 and I have been struggling to be there for her mother my grandmother. My grandma is 88 and is in still great health for the most part. However, her expectations are too high and toxic. She expects everyone, myself more since I am the closest, to drop whatever they are doing to help and to take her places such as doctor's appointments, the bank, out to friends, or other errands. I'm trying to be more giving to others and I'm trying to help her out more and more. While I am happy to help her out, she has a hard time accepting no, even when it's a work meeting since I have a lot of night meetings and she can say things that are rude. She has been critical of many of my life decisions and is the first to tell me that I've gained weight. Aww. Ugh, I hate that. What is also frustrating is she expects me to always call her every night and make time for her. While I'm happy to have her in my life, I want to establish boundaries since I am in a relationship as well, and we're trying to make sure we see both sides. Do you have any advice on how to establish boundaries and how to get my other members of the family to help? I have three other cousins and an uncle. Okay. This is a tricky situation, and I'm sorry that you're going through that. I think it's especially hard when it is a grandmother or a grandfather because you just don't want to look back at your life and think, I wasn't there for my grandma, I wasn't there for my grandpa. But, okay, I'm watching the show right now, and this relates to this, so I'm going to share this, but I'm watching this show, Made. It is so good. I'd highly recommend watching it. It's on Netflix. It is about a woman who is going through a domestic violence situation with her boyfriend and she's raising this daughter on her own and also her mom is dealing with a lot of mental health issues so she's also taking care of her mom and it seems like this girl who's 25 is taking care of her mom, her daughter, her boyfriend, all these people in her life and you're just watching it and you're thinking why does this girl put so much pressure on herself to take care of everyone? From the outside you're saying this girl needs help. Someone needs to be helping with the mom or the daughter or whatever it may be. And I think that we live in a world and it's great that we're just so willing to help other people and we praise people for being there for other people because it is so important. 
but you are only going to be able to help so much as you are healthy, as you are present in your job. I mean, you can't afford the gas to drive your grandma around if you're not present in those work meetings and those things are important. So this is why boundaries are so important. And you mentioned that you have three other cousins and an uncle. And I would just say you got to reach out to them and see if they can help out with your grandma because quite honestly, your grandma does need help. She needs people to drive her to these places. She's 88. And I mean, it's a family responsibility to take care of your grandma, but it's also her responsibility to respect you, to not tell you when you've gained weight. I think that's a generational thing, but still, I know that that hurts a lot when people say that and point that out. And so I would just say, be there for her when she needs you to be there. But also when she says stuff like that, just imagine, hey, that doesn't really make me feel great when you say that. Especially if she's calling you every night. <laughs> like I, you should have plenty of opportunities to say that. And I know it's not easy. You don't want to offend anyone. But I'm just looking at this from the outside saying, okay, you need to stand up for yourself. You need to make it known that you are an individual and you are capable of taking care of her when she needs it. But you're also needing to be appreciated and needing to be respected. And your cousins and your uncle, especially your uncle, if he's older than you, need to step up and help your grandma too and share that responsibility. Because like I said, you can only help as much as you are physically able to help. And you're not going to be able to if you're wearing yourself into the ground between work and also having a life and also taking care of your grandma. That being said... I just know with grandparents, you think about them passing and you want to be there. So I don't think you should drop all these responsibilities, but just ask for some help because it definitely sounds like you deserve that. I'm reading this one because I so relate to this. She says, to preface, I'm 18. I'm a first year college student and I'm living at home while working and doing online classes before I move on campus next year. This guy asked me to dinner because we have to plan something for a church event, but it's starting to look a lot like a date. It'll be while my parents are out of town, so I'll be able to go without needing to tell them. One of my absolute least favorite things is talking to my parents about relationships, even if it's something small. It makes me feel gross. I hate hiding things from my family, but at the same time, I'm an adult, so I need to tell them everything. Am I just being childish by keeping it to myself? I'll be going away next year, and I don't want to get into anything serious, so it's not like anything will come out of it anyway. Any thoughts or advice? She says, I remember you saying in a video how you didn't tell your family about your relationship right away, so maybe you have some experience in situations like this. So, Yes, I have experience because they were bad experiences and I don't recommend hiding things from your family because I will tell you two stories because I have only ever dated two people in my life and each one of those times, those were multi-year relationships, but I did not tell my family. The first time, okay, I mean, some backstory. I didn't grow up having a lot of crushes on guys, going on dates. I didn't have a middle school boyfriend, like that wasn't me and so... When I got asked to go on my first date with my ex-boyfriend in high school, I was 15 at the time, I did not want to tell my family. We didn't really talk about stuff like that that much. I mean, my siblings all had boyfriends. I was just the youngest, so I felt like the baby, and I felt like it was going to be a big deal if I told them. So I did not tell my family that I was going out with this guy. I purposely knew that my sister Lindsay was going to be the only one home, so I asked her if she would go in the backyard to go watch the dogs because I didn't want her to see that I was being picked up by this guy who would later become my boyfriend 
And I just didn't tell them. So this guy pulls up to pick me up. We were going on a group date and I was scurrying to go out the door before anyone could see. Lo and behold, my sister Lindsay ends up coming inside, opening the door, seeing him, being so confused because I never even told them I was going on this date. They were so confused. And then when we came back, my parents were like, oh my gosh, we need to meet this guy because I was 15. I was so young. I mean, for me, this was young for a first date. And they had to meet him. And it was just this whole thing. Second time, you would think I would learn from that lesson from hiding, you know, your boyfriends or your dates, whatever from your family. But no, I had moved away for college. And I was in this phase where I just thought I was going to be single for a long time. I told my family, you know, I've broken up with my ex-boyfriend. I need to be single. I need to have some me time. Go to New York. I meet Aiden, my husband, if you guys don't know, my first week of college. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't go back on this whole single thing. So I'm just not going to tell them. I would refer to him as my friend. I would say, oh yeah, I'm hanging out with my friend Aiden. We're doing like a group thing, whatever. Did not tell my family that I started dating him, even though I'm so close with my family. And then a couple months later, Aiden posts a photo with me on a subway, which I didn't think was like, oh yeah, we're dating. I just thought, oh, okay, they'll just think this is a photo of us. My family saw it and was so confused by I had never told them that, oh wait, I actually am dating this guy. And I think that time because I was older, I was 18 too, they were a little bit hurt. And so I would say if you're close with your family, I think you should tell them. I don't think you have to. I think it's your choice if you want to tell them or not. But just from my experience, it doesn't feel good hiding stuff from your family. It doesn't feel good not being honest, even if... It makes you feel gross, like you said in the moment. I so feel that. I don't know what that is about not wanting to tell your family about guys. I think it's because my family got attached to boyfriends and I didn't want them to get attached too soon if it just didn't work out, that kind of thing. But also they're your family. They love you. They want to know what's going on in your life and they just want to be there for you. So I would say that you should definitely still tell them. I think that you should let them know what's going on. You should let them know that you have been hanging out with this guy. I don't think you're obligated to, but just from my personal experience, I think that it is a good decision to do. But of course, it depends on your relationship with them and how you feel too. So I've been dating my boyfriend for almost a year now. We are quite serious and looking to get engaged sometime next year. Recently, his ex has been reaching out to him. His ex doesn't know that he's dating someone else. My boyfriend also doesn't have any social media, so there's no way for her to know what's going on in his life. He hasn't responded to her via phone, which has caused her to find other creative ways to reach him. I don't want to get too specific here. I'm really interested what that means. He's continuing to try to contact her. Her continuing to try to contact him is making him angry because he's trying to get on with his life. I'm not a confrontational kind of person, but I did find her on Facebook and I thought about telling her to stop, but I think I'm just asking for trouble, so I probably won't do that. Any thoughts or advice? I think the situation is kind of tricky because she doesn't know that he's dating someone else, so I wouldn't be too quick to demonize her because she probably doesn't know that you are part of the picture. I think that someone just needs to tell her that he is with you now and that he is not single and... Yeah, I think that some people just have different boundaries with exes. Some think that you shouldn't contact them at all. Some think that it's okay to be friendly with them. It just depends on you. I'm someone who doesn't really stay in contact with my ex. That's not really something that 
I do personally, but it's not like there's animosity there. I just think, yeah, it's easier to move on, especially when it's right after a breakup to without having that contact, especially because you guys have been dating for a year and you are such a big part of his life now. I, I don't know. I don't know if I would necessarily message her on Facebook. I kind of think it's his position via phone, via text to say, hey, I'm dating someone else now. I would respect if you didn't try to contact me all the time or, hey, I've moved on. I'm in a different phase of my life. And just letting her know because I think that she also probably deserves to know and will likely, hopefully, back off more if she knows that he has a girlfriend now. So that's my perspective. I don't know if that's too blunt or confrontational or just being over communicative, but I do think that she'll back off when she knows that you are just more a part of the picture now. Those are all the questions that I'm going to answer today. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I did not get to nearly as many as I wanted to per usual. So the next one, again, if you sent one in, just feel free to re-forward it and I will record that one with my friend Melissa next month. It'll be my November one. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you did enjoy, feel free to write a podcast review. Feel free to let me know. And also feel free to tag me in an Instagram story if you're listening because I really do appreciate seeing those, just how you're listening, especially if you're listening to it on a Monday. It just means so much to me and you guys mean so much to me. I like doing these episodes because I truly do care for you guys and just want to help you guys as much as I can. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed and I will catch you guys in my next episode. Bye, friends. (music) 